This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Alan Cochran and Chloe Petz this morning. Um, you can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Good morning. 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 Uh, morning, Chloe. Welcome to our world. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Chloe's a very old friend of mine we met Wednesday and, w- and what a Wednesday it was I'm going to say best Wednesday of my life Frank hey, me too no actually <laughs> I've had a lot more Wednesdays than you have yeah and, and it, it was really encouraging that um, Fra- Frank you obviously came to see my show and your feedback was it was good but I did miss the Real Madrid game <laughs> well it was a big game to miss. I mean, there, I can't think of a comic who I wouldn't have been slightly bitter towards for making me miss that I game. I was bitter to myself that I missed that game. Yeah, it was terrible planning <laughs> on your part. Anyway, I went to see um, Chloe at Soho Theatre. She absolutely stormed it. And I did that. I went back, Al. You know when you go back? Yeah. And uh, it's always a bit awkward when you go back. I mm-hmm. think I never know quite what to say, and I felt a bit. Oh God! There'll be there'll be young, cool people in there thinking, "Why has he come back? Get <laughs> yeah. lost!" Anyway, I went in, and it was it was um, it was uh, well. Chloe was nice to me. Anyway, y- yeah, I, I was very nice, but my mum had a sort of unfortunate response to being starstruck, which is that she insulted you three times <laughs> in exactly oh, really? the same way each time, actually. And then the cockerel crowed. It was just like St. Peter denying hey as they call them, <laughs> at Man City. <laughs> so, b- basically what happened was my mum was uh, talking about... She was in the, the crowd of my show. She was sitting in front of me, in fact. Well, I, I think the way she told it three times was that um, she was sort of looking around at all the audience and going, oh, everyone's very young here. And she was like, well, Chloe's young, so she's, she's got sort of a, a young audience. And, and I suppose we went to see, you know, young comics back in, back in the day, like Frank Skinner, and then apparently you walked through the door and yes. I think she sort of thought that she'd summoned you from the 90s. Yeah, wow. I think I just walk around the West End listening <laughs> and if anyone you know. says my name, I walk into the room. Whereas my mum now thinks she's a superhero just going around going, David Badil, yeah. Stuart Lee. No, no, it only worked for Frank. Well, she told, she told me that. I mean, before I knew it was your mum, she yeah. told me that. And she said, we were saying, you know, the, 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 even they were young then. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And now and now you're sort of old and past. It was sort of exactly. the general gist of that, the story. That was that definitely. I think your mum saw, you know, those, um, those restaurant kitchens, they've got an indoor and an outdoor. If you can imagine mm. the inside of that was fame and glory. I think she saw Chloe on her way through the indoor <laughs> and me coming out with my plates. <laughs> saying, anyway, guys, been great. Yeah, we don't need to get this one on side. She's on the up, he's on the down. Um. <laughs> yes, they were very nice, actually. It is hard not to say the, uh, the wrong thing. For your mum, I mean. Yeah, specifically for Jill Pets, actually. She does find it a struggle. So the risk, of course, was that I saw Chloe and I thought, well, she's funny. And then um, Emily's got a throat. I'll be straight Mm. with you. She's got a throat. Got a bit of a throat on her. So um, I said... uh, so Sarah said, who shall we? I said, what about Chloe Pets? And I only said it just to sound cool. I said, that Sarah would think, oh, what, Frank knows Chloe Pets? Wow. Um, so um, I wasn't sure because really you don't want to judge a, a comedian for breakfast radio if you've only seen them perform when their mum and dad were in the audience because they oh. might have really cleaned it up for that one night. So you could be a shock comic. <laughs> For all I know. Yeah, I've got I've got some things planned, so uh, oh, brace yourselves, readers. Bower, the, the Bower security are already <laughs> on their way. Yeah. In um, I imagine like one of those. Do you remember those? Um, I can't remember the name either. But those <laughs> those big black scary cars that you used to get in gangster films. A jalopy. Oh yeah. 
You know the word jalopy, Chloe? Oh, it's going to be it's going to be an educational morning for all of us. But you're not going to tell me what it means. <laughs> well, jalopy is just like a big saloon car. I don't mean it's got swinging doors. Yeah. I mean it's um <laughs> oh, let's, get, let's get some music on for goodness sake. I can explain off air. So I have to ask you one more question, Chloe. Have you done an in-depth interview and then when it's been printed, the headline is The Secret Life of Pets? No. <laughs> oh, that will happen. They haven't done The Secret Life of Chloe Pets yet. Um, no pets win prizes, no oh. pet shop boys. There's been really? no sort of utilisation. Because I've been having... Frankly speaking, and being frank, headlines to interviews <laughs> for 35 years. Yeah. Well, sort of following this, I think it's all I'm, I'm going to get now, really. So. Well, I, honestly, no, no one listens to this. Do you? You're right. <laughs> Your secret yeah. is safe with us. <laughs> Take it's it all right. If you're not declaring this, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't declared it for 11 years. Cash, cash in hand, I get, from Bella. <laughs> nice. Here, put that in your pocket. <laughs> I nearly did a German accent then for Bella. Thank good I fought that urge. Yeah, thank I'd God. like to hear it, Frank. Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> I, have my, I have my career to think of. Excellent. Speaking of German accents, um, Hitler... Um, I wonder what the Nuremberg rallies were like when he's, if his mum and dad was in one night. Think well, he turned he it, it up a bit. turned it down a bit, sort of. When I say Uber Allers, not Al, obviously not literally Allers. Yeah. You know, just one or two local countries. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a megalomaniac. His mum sat there insulting Goebbels. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look a bit old. <laughs> no, I think it'd be me sitting behind his mum would be like it'd be like the Kaiser sitting behind Hitler's mum. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly, you know, the old guy. The, the old guard. Yeah. I didn't wear me pointy hat at Soho Theatre. <laughs> It's very good though for bills. You know the, the thing you put. <laughs> you know, I don't, Frank, yeah. you're going to have to explain that a bit further, mate. Well, I don't know if anyone's ever really done this, but sometimes in TV shows, people put their bills on a big spike on the desk. Yeah. Oh, have yeah. you ever seen that? I've never known anyone do it, but uh, I always think be straight through the palm of the hand. Ooh, that's my. Uh, Ouch. That's my thing. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> Wake everyone. up with absolute. <laughs> that was um, so. Um, yes, I, um, I forgive me for any point I try to appear with it this morning oh, because goodness. Chloe's on. Because I'm that's, not. I'm not if with that it. That happens. That'll be a new trend that's developing. Yeah, because that is not something you've attempted in the last ten years. No, no. If what about if I say no? Whoa. <laughs> hey, no whoa. <laughs> You familiar with that, Chloe? It's very Absolute, cool. Absolutely youth, not. Cool no youth statement means no worries. Oh, does I, it? Yeah. <laughs> did you not know what it meant, Al? I did not know no woe. Yeah, no woe. I heard it on a Pokemon cartoon series. <laughs> did you? That's where I get my youth speak from. Not not only did I not know the abbreviation no woe, but I I don't have no woe. I definitely have some woe. No, everyone has some woe. Don't <laughs> I have they? a substantial yeah. amount of woe. Um, the nice thing is that when you shorten worries to woe, it becomes woe, which is obviously yeah. sort of an, another word for. Um, Sadness mm -hmm. and did, trouble. Did they have to explain on the Pokemon series what they meant by no? They explain nothing on the Pokemon series. So you had to sort of fill it in. It could be an abbreviation of something else, Frank. Yeah. No. No woman, no cry. Yeah. Maybe. That's, yeah. That's maybe. Yeah. Very abbreviated um, record indexing system that in is, Japan. That is Pikachu's favourite song. I've. Oh I've heard, man. Yeah. Pikachu. As last has been name checked on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I think my son's gone off it a bit, which is annoying. You know, I don't know if you've ever uh, done this with gifting, but I bought him like a box set of Pokemon books and then he went off it, so I've, still, I've, dead, I've just kept them. Infuriating. Yeah. So you're getting into well, Pokemon Well, I don't know, it's a very different... Are you aware of the Pokemon world? I mean, it's a, it's a strange... And From uh, f f old school, I wouldn't be up to date with the new, the new Pokemon, so I'm sort of very no, well. much... <laughs> No, <laughs> oh, well, I'll go old school. No, well. <laughs> it's, it's a series I've watched, I would say, over 100 episodes of and never really understood what the hell was, was going on. People have creatures in, in plastic balls that they get out and they, the creatures fight 
and then you win the competition. That's it. That's every episode. Um, but you know, it grew on me. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were just talking about Gustave Flaubert off air, <laughs> the French uh, French novelist. Not that I'm not going to. Pre- I'm not going to pretend I've read um, any Flaubert. I don't know if you guys have. I've not read any Flaubert, but I read Flaubert's Parrot by Julian Barnes. Oh, yeah. So I oh. sort of see myself as a bit of a Flaubert aficionado now. Okay. Armed with one right. fact, I think I'm sort of his biographer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was just saying that um, there's, there's a statue of him uh, where I think he looks terrible. And it's like he's oh. turned up to Rodin's studio and, and just not made an effort. And Rodan thought, okay, well, I'm doing your warts and all, Gustav. Well, whereas I think what's happened is he's turned up in his absolute Sunday best and Rodan just doesn't like him and has sort of gone, right, well, this is how you'll be immortalised through history. But why do him then? He could have said, uh, no, tell him no, don't want to do him. That, that could water. be a, another version of it. Like, do you remember the time that you, Frank, went along to um, what you thought was going to be a podcast and then they said, oh, we're filming it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and you're like, well, hang on, I've dressed for a podcast. Maybe Flaubert... Also, I've been paid up... for one, more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Maybe Flaubert turned up for a chat and then it turned out it was a sitting for a... Yeah, exactly. It was just... Like, some, it was a yeah, cup of tea, some... chat. Flaubert <laughs> sitting there thinking... Uh... You, you you can stop welding now, Rhoda. <laughs> We're just chatting. Yeah, not yeah. even known he was uh, he was sneak. Uh, to be fair to Flaubert, and I think um, that's a sentence uh, starter, which is good for breakfast uh, <laughs> idea. I believe Flaubert had a traumatic incident in his childhood. Is that one of his parents died, and when they were at the funeral, they couldn't get um, c- coffin in hall, and it got stuck. And two or three of the uh, graveyard assistants had to jump up and down on the coffin to get oh, it in. Gosh, and I think there's a cool. feeling that that coloured Flaubert's whole world I think that view. Might have scarred the lad. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, if he'd have been a few years later, he looks like he'd be a great guy for a coffin stomping. He's, he's the guy you want to turn up. Also, if you're trying to, you know, close an overstuffed suitcase, send for Flaubert. <laughs> Just giving him sort of trauma flashbacks. Every time he tries to go on holiday, he did all right. He did all right, Gustav. I don't know where we got onto that. I tell you what, I got up this morning, and one of my duties first thing on a Saturday morning is to feed the dog. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if there's anything. You know, you do gigs and that, and it goes well. And the people, when you walk on, you get like applause, and people are. I mean, Chloe walked on the other night. It was absolute. I mean, it was. I said to you, like, absolute love in the room when you walked out. That's nice. But um, I mean, just from a mum and dad. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> sort of them cajoling everyone. Come on, everybody, start clapping. But when you Come feed, on. I can imagine your mum doing that. But. <laughs> Uh, when you feed a dog in the morning, oh man, that is the response. If I could get that response from a crowd, when I just go to the fridge, the front feet start. Oh, oh man. Oh, imagine if you made someone laugh so hard they started involuntary, involuntarily wetting themselves. That's, I've been told by people that that's happened. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I do, I do a lot of old people's homes. <laughs> um, yeah, dri- dribbling like a dog. They're my crowd yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, obviously when I'm uh, looking for action... No, no, come on. No, it was... Um, yeah, imagine being a waiter and turning up to the table and the customer's doing that running round and round the table really sit sit just can't control themselves has there ever been food that good as a dog's response to food I'll just say I'll just here we are with the meal whoa come on oh man there's a, a little target I've set the chefs at home come up with that one How often extends my um, my world knowledge by telling me... Wait, well, tell us, Al, who we were just discussing. Well, we were discussing your dog's eating habits mm. off air and, um, and I said that your dog... You, t- you told me that your dog eats raw meat and I said mm. perhaps it's influenced by the uh, YouTube... In cat form, mainly in cat form. 
<laughs> We're trying to stop it. No, no. There's a, there's a yeah. YouTuber and Instagrammer called the Liver King, who's like a muscly American <laughs> dude who eats a lot of liver. But not um, exclusively just, liver. I I think majority liver. Oh. Wow. Um, I don't really know. I haven't actually gone on a deep dive into the Liver King. I've just seen <laughs> like pictures and videos. I'm and, glad he exists. I just Google him Ridiculous. and search him, and he is ripped. So that's really is, working yeah. for him. So it works. And I mean, it's a just lot of a... these things, I think, are a sort of a genetic blessing that they then pretend is their actual diet. Mm. <laughs> but he's found big Sometimes. bits of liver. Like on the Google image search, he's wearing a bit of liver, like a like it's a scarf. Do you not do that? Lady Gaga type uh, character. (laughs) I've got a liver scarf on now in my uh, Manchester studio. Have you guys not? No, I'm I'm not. not uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be wearing a liver scarf in Manchester, Alan. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Thank you. I've got um, lamb chop epaulets on this uh, jacket. (laughs) That's any good good to you. Good. (laughs) Oh, man. If only the liver king's name was Archie. Oh. Then he could be Liverarchi. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I'd change it. The, the jokes are coming thick and fast. If you're listening, if you're listening, Liver King, mm. um, change your name by deed poll. I mean, I you'd get more publicity because everyone said there's this guy called Liverarchi. That would be it. I think he listens on the podcast during the week, so it won't be, he won't change that soon. No, okay. Fair. He doesn't like the adverts. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of non, lot of non-meat based stuff. He can't be yeah. non-awful. <laughs> Still, he's got a big heart and an enormous liver. Really nice. Really nice. By the way, um, if you're anyone, if you're listening, don't just um, eat liver. Uh, no, that's it, not. It seems bizarre that we have to give that as a disclaimer. Well. Yeah. You've got to be careful. Well, we do also, live in a world where people would think it was an endorsement for liver and liver alone. Yeah, also, mm. the word liver suggests that you're going to last longer if you eat it. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. about liver is positive towards uh, life expectancy, isn't it? There's no stuff that's... You see, dire is used as an insult, obviously. That's absolutely mm. dire. Do you want some liver? That sounds much better. That's how, <laughs> that's how people's mind works. These, there was a b- banana girl as well who just ate bananas. And um, and again, looked fantastic. Well, oh, really? Where did you discover her? Was she just sort of someone on your street, or was she? No, like... no, she's on uh, she's on the internet. Um, on the social media. I wish she'd been someone on my street. That would have been great. Just seeing her in the morning on her way back from the greengrocers. <laughs> great big sack. <laughs> no, I, I like a banana, but me too. But you know, come on, banana girl, spread Get it about a bit. Come on. If, him, if her and uh, Archie got together, they could put together quite a nicely balanced uh, meal. Yeah. But imagine them going out for going out for dinner. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Where would they go for a start off? Liver banana um, restaurant. They could go to the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be all right. And if he's all right with gorilla liver. <laughs> 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 uh, oh look! I saw. Um, I saw. Um, oh no! The sign's going up. The producer Uh-oh. holds up. It's actually holding up a sign that says thirty seconds. That's such a shame because I think that was going to be the best anecdote of, of mm. my life of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, at my age, it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, right. We'll never hear it again. You can't. You can't recoup if when you stop like that on the. Uh, it's like when if you're um, starting the ski jump. And you, you know, when they get to the top and then they call back sometimes because there's like a cow on the track or something. Um, I, I seem to remember that in the Winter Olympics, <laughs> or was it a dream? Um, I dreamt about the um, the Great Exhibition of 1851 last night. Did you? Yeah. I know it's, it's very boring Great. to retell your dreams, but there were people shouting in the night outside my house, and uh, I got them mixed up with. Um, the Great Exhibition of 1851 and imagine there were people responding to the exhibits. It's, it's funny, Frank, that you were talking about your dream because I feel like I'm currently in a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, sorry. From skiing to Great oh, Exhibition. I'll, I'll calm. Um, unfortunately, it'll be about 12.30. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Um, have we had any outside world communication or have we... Uh- as it's we've, just ceased. we've had a smatter just uh, okay. just in. We were just discussing uh, uh, Liver King and Banana Girl moments ago, <laughs> yeah. and um, 
410 has texted, Frank, I'm not sure it would be terribly safe to Google Banana Girl. Um, that's oh, a good point. Um, and, and also on a sombre note somewhat, Frank, our cat would only eat fresh liver like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> but she eventually died of vitamin A or maybe D excess. So, you know, word to the wise there from well, Linda. Well, a word to me, or a word to Archie. Exactly. He's living on uh, borrowed time. Also, he started, strangely started burying his own excrement recently. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is with a cat or a dog, if they want to only eat one thing, you can't sort of balance it out with a conversation like you can with another human. Well, you cannot feed them. It. Yeah, I feel like... W- the, the pet owner is very much in control. Yeah, I'm in charge in our house. That's yeah. what I the dog. If you, yeah, but if you, if you put down something as a side, they're just going to leave it, aren't they? Like, yeah, but they're not going to starve themselves to death, are they? I think well, some of them can get very trenchant about their dietary oh, I'm loving trenchant, Al. Thank you. I'm love, I can go home now and, and have <laughs> Well, a, the local butcher, I must have told you this, uh, Al, I've told you before, but not you, Chloe, because... We're strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frank, I think we're, we're absolute best friends. Oh, we? Okay, fair enough. We're sort of friends in the internet world, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I've take friended that. you. Yeah. Okay, so a, a local butcher said, Will you feed your dog, mate? Because it, it gets, stands outside our shop and barks all day. And uh, I said, Well, you know, I can't, I can't control and let it out of the house. This is in the days we just used to let them out. Yeah. So anyway, years later, somebody said to me their dog was vegetarian and that Mm. dogs actually, it's a myth about the meat, they actually prefer to live the vegetarian lifestyle. And I explained that on on no occasion did a local greengrocer say to me, (laughs) your dog's been barking outside my shop for lettuce. And also, dogs sort of can't make an ethical choice. Like, it's not Mm. like one's turning up to Extinction Rebellion going, actually, I'm sort of very worried about the climate. No, I've I've chosen an exclusively vegan diet. But there must Mm. be vegetarians who just like it, just don't like meat. It's not not always a moral choice, is it? Isn't isn't there just some... uh, not keen yeah, but, on but that's with mm-hmm. a dog it might be that he doesn't like meat or it might be a moral choice you know it could be I mean I, our dog has it seems is amoral I'm not saying it's immoral it's amoral <laughs> immoral yeah <laughs> so listen a um, bit of history my son yesterday was in his uh, school play so um, uh, me and uh, Kath went along to see it, and he played the Victorian inventor uh, George Merriweather would you say he was typecast? Um, no. <laughs> he had to have a beard. Uh, quite, people said to him, you look good, you look really good with a beard. Well, I, I've never been able to grow a decent beard. And so I thought, don't build his hopes up now. Don't give, it's oh. ginger as well. I find gingers often can't really manage a really dense... Yeah. You get the odd exception. Sort of a little wispy. Mm. Yeah, don't want, want, my mind's got real gaps in it. Do you know what I mean? For, it looks like flying over sort of marshland. There's some you can see tributaries, making it, tributaries of skin going through the, the undergrowth, and that's no good. But um, George Merriweather, uh, we've spoken on this show before about um, nominative determinism, where mm. someone's name leads them into um, their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strange, yeah, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, if you'd become a vet, Chloe, that obviously, Chloe Pets, the vet, would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really nice. Um, also, we haven't, what we haven't done yet is a tradition on the show. Do you know Chloe Pets? No, but thanks for the tip. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, George Merriweather, I'm going to tell you his full story, but he, 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 was a, he was a meteorological guy. So, I mean, brilliantly named. I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little more. After this. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm joined. This is what it says. I've been given a piece of paper. I'm joined by Alan Cochran and Chloe Petz. She's given me this bit of paper in case I forget Chloe's name. Some old <laughs> damned insult. You can text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. 
I left you on a Victorian inventor cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat again. If I'm honest. Yeah, I have a feeling I've mentioned this before, but anyway, you can't you can't get too much of a good thing. George Merriweather <laughs> invented a weather predicting machine called the Tempest Prognosticator. <laughs> <laughs> and what this That's is a rude, and this is this is real. Um, uh, it, what it is, it's several jars with leeches in them and leeches respond to damp in the air and if they're in some sort of pit even a glass one Mm -hmm. they um, will panic that they're going to drown so they climb up and he rigged up string around the, the the top of the jar so that when the leeches reached the string, a bell rang. So you knew a storm was coming because the leeches had risen, as it were, and that mm. was it. And George imagined that be one of these in every home. <laughs> the leech, Did he? the leech-based the weather leech, predictor, the prog- prognosticator. That, that yeah, would the, have been nice, the tempest prognosticator. But it didn't didn't work out. But I tell you one thing about George, which I will always love him for. Um, not just that he was played by my child, but he put them in glass containers because he said it was important that they could see each other, the leeches. He said, lest it should feel like solitary confinement. <laughs> now, there's yeah. a concern for our fellow creatures, and which that, is... That's where the merry and merry weather comes exactly, from. Exactly, and the weather it? obviously mm. speaks for itself. But what a guy... Yeah. And, and how how did your son get on playing him? Ah oh, man, he stormed. He, yeah, I mean he, he he did. He found all the you know all the business. He did a lot of business. <laughs> but do, do you know what? It, it must have been high pressure for him being being the son of a performer, and he's he's really oh, yeah. risen to the occasion. That's yeah. <laughs> Joe, I've never met him, but I'm proud of him. Oh thanks, Chloe. I'll pass that on. <laughs> he was he was a great George Merriweather, the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't reviewed. Uh, not by yet. me. So, um, not yet. Maybe the reviews go to press later. Perhaps yes. it'll be in the Sundays. Let's not talk about reviews. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I haven't had any, but I just oh, I can okay. still remember the ones I had 35 years ago. So there you go. <laughs> Are you adored in reviews, Chloe? Generally? Uh, I haven't had many, but I had a good one from the Guardian, and I think that's mainly just because I I sort of have a a general lefty viewpoint so oh, you yeah. can just sort of say something like fascism is wrong and get four stars off the guardian oh, okay yeah that's a little tip for I'll, I'll, I'll try that a little tip for your just comedy i'll try that but i don't know if i don't know if it'd be convincing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, wrong such a big word <laughs> frank skinner fascism is nuanced <laughs> exactly mm. i'm not as keen on it as i was frank skinner <laughs> no. It's uh, it's uh, I didn't it's bad. This okay, can I just confession. say? Can I just say the official line? Uh, it's bad. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you're just saying it though now. No, I do. Th- <laughs> obviously, do I have to honestly explain that I think no, fascism is bad? Of course you don't. <laughs> can we talk about the story of the scary stuff? Oh, we can't because now the project. I, I was on the. I was on the. the on the top of the the ski run again. Yeah. And more cattle on the tracks below. Oh. I don't. I don't know if my um, nerves are going to be able to take it. Another oh, cliffhanger. I imagine as well if you were on the top of a ski slope and there was cattle on the tracks, there'd be those loud Swiss bells that they put on cattle so they can find them at night. You know that? Have you ever seen? Have you been to Switzerland? Never been to Switzerland. Very. You Al? I've been to Switzerland, but not anywhere where there's cattle on ski slopes is that what you just no, said no I'm just I'm just talking about generally if I was up in the mountains with Richard Iowadi and we could it was really we, we had to speak up because the sound of the cattle bells was so pow- oh. powerful yeah the big massive you know they bring them back as uh, souvenirs not the cattle well, I brought back a couple of chops. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do cattle chops, eh? Ever had beef chops? I'm a vegetarian, Frank. Oh, sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> You've offended See my culture. See Guardian conversation. <laughs> but if there's anyone, anyone listening who can explain why I can't go out and buy beef chops, I'd like to know. Chloe will get over it. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, oh, yeah. you were asking, why can't you get chops 
from a cow. Well, you get pork chops and lamb chops. There seems to be an obvious yeah. omission there. Well, there isn't that obvious an omission. It's a labelling issue that you've got confused with here. Um, 790, good morning, Frank and the team. Sirloin of beef on the burn and rib of beef on the burn are your beef chops. Happy eating, Rich the Butcher. Mm. So that's basically beef on the burn is a chop. So if you get a steak, I'm guessing, but beef on, bone, like a tomahawk steak type thing. But beef on the bone doesn't come with a handle like a like a lamb chop. I like food with a handle. Right. Chicken leg. Um. Toffee apple. <laughs> they're, the big, they're the big three. I think we'd agree. Somebody's obviously been messing around with an apple, dropped it a couple of times, and thought the semi-sphere has got no future get me a stick and thus the toffee apple was the, the toffee that was three or four years later that was but a, I feel like that's even further incentive not to drop it on the floor because if you add a sticky layer then it's going to sort of acquire whatever it yeah, yeah. whatever it hits so yeah you, so you start with the stick there, start with the stick and then it drops off a few times and you think I'm not really concentrating and keeping it on the stick I'll make it sticky and then I don't yeah. want and sticky obviously where they got the idea yeah they got the stick and then Let, they thought of stickiness. Let's take this word to the logical conclusion. Yeah, it's. Um, I, got, I, um, I think that's what happened. We've got some further uh, updates on the um, meat names. Uh, we should move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey up you three, beef chops are usually given the moniker beef cutlets. If you desire a different kind of beef chops, you can ask to be served beef cheeks, which are sans bone, as they are literally the cow's chops. Um, that's from Andy Wood, Bronte Country, West Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, I, had I like a, the addition of Bronte Country. I got a, a letter from uh, Bronte Country this week, as they call it. Did you? Um, greetings from the Bronte Moors, it begins. Um, very Moorish, the landscape ah. up there. And... Um, They've sent me a book about the Lewis Chessman. Now, you might not... Well, you won't know this, Chloe, but I'm very keen on the Lewis Chessman, the, uh, the, the, the chess set which is in the British Museum and uh, the Scottish National Gallery. And so they've sent me a book about that, which is very nice. Furthermore, um, they've also enclosed... Uh, I have also enclosed a short illustrated essay that I wrote inspired by a small map in Stornoway Museum which had South at the top of the map and Lewis in the centre. I hope you find some interest in it. I don't get sent enough essays by mm. readers. Let alone um, visual ones. Yeah, but I'm, I am, I will actually, um, I mean genuinely, I'll read that. South at the top. What a palaver. This, this show is constantly down. surprising. It goes from the absolute lowest of the low to the highest mm. of the high. What are you calling the lowest of the low? <laughs> Meat. Meat, you mean, don't well, you? It's just funny Meat to me in. that the most correspondence we've got all show is about uh, chops. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've been waiting. They've thought, yeah, let's get the flow bear out the way and get down to meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel, Al, that I've really got my head around the beef chop. Oh, really? Well, I, still, I still can't picture lamb chop, quite similar but bigger than... Um, but smaller, rather, than a pork chop. And then a beef thing next to it that looks like it's the same template, the chop template, has been applied yeah. to cattle. Uh, I mean, this may be obvious... For me to say, but you do realise they come from different animals, though, don't you? So, like, I know, a, a, but a pig it's is a different shape to a cow. That is true, but I mean, the the sandwich comes from different places, but they, they still are essentially the same shape. I yes. don't see why the chop. If you go ferreting around anyone's skeleton, you'd come up with chop potential, surely. You'd find a chop somewhere. Uh, but fr Frank, I just think, just take a moment to visualise just a large chop with like a long bone with a bit of beef hanging off it mm -hmm. well I visualise it most days I just can't find it in the shops I think I just uh, 
conjures something quite beautiful with my yeah. words there. That was almost poetic. It was lovely. Thank it you. It was lovely. Well, 581 has tried to help. The T-bone steak is an equivalent loin pork chop. The tail would run down to what the brisket becomes. That's from Steve Mack, who I guess is um, I'm having, uh, as well. I'm having terrible flashbacks on this because I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I had mm-hmm. to identify... Um, where you would find um, it's something like the oh, some part of a cow that sat is something like the Rolf, uh, the right. Rolf. Where's the Rolf of a cow? And I thought I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, Jeremy um, Clarkson, Clarkson. Who, who, who farms, was looking mm-hmm. at me in some dismay. The Roth. Uh-oh. You've heard of the Roth? No, I, I don't know. I don't know that. The julep. Well, exactly. Um, I love a mint julep on a on a hot yeah. night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. What if they, what if you ordered a, a mint julep and they bought you a mint julep? From oh. oh man, what what confusion! Blimmin that would that be would awful. Be. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. I don't think a julep is awful. I've got to pull you up on that. <laughs> All if, right. If the, liver, the liver man will be on the line in a minute. No, look, that's that about, about five awful. butchers that have been texting the show all day. <laughs> I, I, I saw. Really nice. we I saw. Re- to so many butchers on this show. No, that's interesting. I I, I um I went to see Ricky Martin live in Barcelona. <laughs> Frank, you are you are a man of of mysteries. Anyway, he um at the end of the show. Look, I was living La Vida, like. <laughs> And still are. Yeah. And um, he, um, at the end, I remember he reached towards his chest and he twisted as if he was tearing at sinew. And then he held out his hand and blew as if he was blowing his actual heart into the audience. He, he ripped mm-hmm. it out of his chest. You couldn't propel awful just with a burst of human breath i don't think that's no realistic but it was it was a great gimmick for the end of his show if it, he did well i mean it, just to yeah but i mean you'd have to have a point. transplant every morning <laughs> <laughs> ricky martin's morning transplant <laughs> uh, that'd be a great title for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> spin off frank spin off <laughs> I'd like to bring to your attention uh, a news story this week. Um, there was something of a brouhaha, a mid-air <laughs> brouhaha, uh. when um, passengers on a, a Virgin Atlantic flight from Heathrow to New York oh, yes. um, got upset when their plane was forced to turn back because it became clear that the co-pilot hadn't finished his flying exams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it says in the article that they did a U-turn, which I think was one of the manoeuvres that he had been trained in. Um, (laughs) I know, he did a (laughs) (laughs) three-pointer. What about if we'd reverse round a corner of a country? (laughs) (laughs) Ireland or something. I mean, if they didn't announce what the reason was, though. If you were on a plane and somebody said that, that I would be... Anxious until we I mean, I get a bit annoyed if I'm on a train and they turn it off and back on again to try and get the seat booking reservations to work. Is that why they turn it um, on and off again? I've been on a few trains where they've turned it back off and back on again it's, to, to try and rejig something. Yeah, I, I think I, in this day and age. Yeah, it's on. such a like we we've moved on so far technologically, but like even like probably like the nuclear codes or something it's like oh just try turning it off and on again yeah but it does seem to work on the trains I don't think we'll ever move past technologically turning it off and on again I think that that will be be with us until the end of time but they said that they made an announcement when they began telling them they said um, some of you um, who are watching our flight tracker will have noticed we've just done an 180 degree (laughs) turn you know that flight tracker thing where you see the little plane move Imagine yeah. suddenly seeing it do that. I, I like to imagine that they were going, I'm really sorry, guys, you're never going to guess what's happened. <laughs> In a sort of quite conspiratorial, like, he hasn't got his exams. <laughs> they should have sent him out, shouldn't they, to explain. Oh, they'd have ripped him to shreds, surely. I think I, think I would have um, been like, that's 
that's pretty cool. Can, can I have a go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of carte blanche for... Well, apparently... On, everyone he, jump on. He would have been allowed to fly if the other pilot had been a registered trainer of pilots. So uh. I, I do think it is one of those, like, articles that sort of... It's got a better headline than its content. Well, I don't know. The fact is, the other guy wasn't a trainer. So it's a bit mm-hmm. like, you know, when your dad gives you a driving lesson instead of like a proper instructor? It's a bit like that. Yeah. But it yeah. was on a passenger plane crossing the Atlantic. They should yeah. have just gone like other people do on a bit of waste ground, just the two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Had, had a little spin around, not, not get everyone on board and fly to America. Ah, it'd be fine. It's amazing they managed to set off and get going when. Um, when he'd already put the L plates outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! It, it really, though, I would have been. Uh, I would have been. Very... There was one part of the story I did not understand, and I will tell you about it after this. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. I'll tell you the plane thing first. It said one of the passengers um, said that. They knew that something was going wrong because three people in high-vis jackets went into the cockpit. There's so many questions about that. I thought the cockpit was closed for flights. Yeah. And also, where did they come from? Do they just keep... Hmm. Three people in high vis on all planes. Yes, yeah, in a bit of that room, playing whist in a that room. Yeah, I mean, I would be really terrified if three people out of nowhere. I'd assume we'd landed and I'd, I'd slept through it. Three people in high vis went into the. Co- hmm. Um. Frank, we've got uh, some correspondence from a regular reader, Ruth Jordan. Ah, yes. Uh, She says, talking about the pilot and his non-official trainer being like having a driving lesson from your dad, just brought back Sunday afternoons in a quiet road in Birmingham in my mum's VW polo with my dad helpfully repeating, now just raise the clutch the thickness of a penny. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Just the thickness of a penny. I'm picturing it now. There used that to be a level of dexterity, though, to get it that. Like, I knew nuanced. Al would see. Al is our motoring correspondent. <laughs> he's in like a hawk. Yeah, he's like, yeah. The, the penny is actually a unit of measurement used in motoring quite regularly. Actually, <laughs> there used to be the, the pint of beer thing, and what you would do, you'd be in the pub, and everyone would pile out, and somebody would put a pint of beer on the bonnet, and you had to change gear without spilling. That you had to go. Oh, that's good fun. Yeah. And w- was that the test of whether you were too drunk to drive or not? No, that was a... no yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that <laughs> even cropped <laughs> up. We're talking about the 70s. <laughs> not drunk enough to drive in no. the 70s. Can I say, we don't approve of drinking and driving, but it, there was a time when it was. There was uh, a time when we did. No, we didn't. <laughs> I never approved of it. I just, no. I just didn't realise it was happening. <laughs> um, one thing about this I thought was. That, What they said, Virgin um, Airlines... By the way, I suppose you could argue if you call Virgin Airlines, it sort of gives the idea in your head that there might be... who hadn't been up there before, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I'm a flight virgin. (laughs) You're warning people, really. It's hiding in plain sight. (laughs) Anyway, they said, and I quote, they described this thing as a, a rostering error. Yeah. And I thought that would be a great term to use when you was ending a relationship. <laughs> Sorry, I I now realise you were a rostering error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just we, laying that one something of, a, something of a personnel problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be, it's all got to be an HR crisis and... Um, <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> Awful. Um, do you remember a Conscious Uncoppling? Oh, oh yes. Do uh, I remember Gwyn- Gwynny Pig. Little <laughs> Gwynny Pig and Chrissy. A friend of mine told me that um, Chris Martin called her Gwynny Pig. They, in, they knew them a bit. And I've always, I always think of her as Gwynny Pig now. And I love Gwynny Pig. I mean, she in, in the Iron Man movies, she was sensational. Yeah. I forgive her all the gloop. I like all that nonsense. 
I think mm. the gloop is some of the most uh, fruitful comedy we've seen in recent years, so I'm <laughs> I'm very thankful to Gordon well, Pig. And she also, the conscious on Copley, I like people that fool around with language. Generally, the she, next one rostering error. Well, yeah, exactly, Winnie Pig's rostering error. When she talked um, about Chris Martin not liking doing red carpets, she said it doesn't behoove us to become <laughs> a public couple. And behoove is just a word you hardly ever hear. And I just like that Gwynny Pig just dropped it into casual chat. She's a great, she's a great woman. <laughs> That's me. I'm Poltro. I'm pro Poltro. Not easy to say, but it's out. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. This is Frank Skinner. I'm joined by Alan Cochran and Chloe Petz. Every time I read your name, Alan, I'm surprised there's an E on the end of Cochran. I've known you for a, a while. A long time now, yeah. Text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. That would be nice if you did that. Um, we were talking about the, uh, the trainee pilot who hadn't quite finished. I mean, Virgin have assured us he was totally safe. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't done that flight where you get your big tick and you can fly without having yeah. um, somebody to watch over you. Apparently the main giveaway that he was a trainee was that he was so sober. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, do you remember, I thought of Guy Goma, who I don't think of that often. <laughs> do you know uh, Guy Goma, Chloe? You're looking confused. No, I don't. I feel like I just don't get any of the references I'm on sorry. This, this is yeah. not that long ago. This was a guy who went, uh, turned up at News 24 to be interviewed about uh, an IT job and ended up on camera being asked about the Beatles being sued by Apple Corporation. They just got the wrong, the, literally the wrong guy. The wrong guy. Yeah. And the other guy was, the expert was called Guy. Uh, but So they went into, apparently they went into reception and said, are you Guy? And he said, yeah, yeah. Guy Goma. And he said, he thought, well, this is quite, a, quite an interview, this cameras. Did he try and style it out? Yeah, he did, yeah. That's brilliant. He started off saying, I'm, I'm really surprised to be asked about this. And they, they just thought it was him being uh, a, a bit uh, humble. And then they went into the deep thing of whether, you know, whether, whether the Beatles... Because Beatles had a company called Apple, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Apple Core came out. And I think Apple Core said the Beatles were spoiling their Apple by being having their mm-hmm. Apple, even though they were there first. In fact, come to think of it, Gwyneth and Chris could have got no. involved in this. It all yeah. comes full circle. They've got an apple, haven't they? They have got a little yeah. apple. And, and an apple. They got Apple is their oldest, and then Moses mm-hmm. was their next child. Also, very biblical. They've gone through the first two stories of Genesis. Yeah, they're gone. working their way through the Old Testament. <laughs> if they'd have stayed together, they'd have been announcing a child called Abinadab. <laughs> Um, this this week, um, sadly, they Frank, they consciously uncoupled. Correspondence from one of our readers um, about the aircraft, if, okay. if I may. Mm, please. Uh, so. Al Wareham, or or AI Wareham, I don't know, uh, says, I was once sat on an aircraft, which they were having trouble starting. After about 20 minutes, a guy appeared on the top of a stepladder at the pilot's window with a laptop with a a flimsy network cable passed into the cockpit. They had to do a software update. Oh, man. It's such a shame when sort of the banalities of the office go into the realms of something that could kill you. Yeah, well, that's... Uh-huh. You see, I would have really wanted to get off the plane, but I'd been too English to, to ask anyone if right. I could. Oh, I, I'm so polite that I've flown to my death. Um, <laughs> exactly. But at least it wasn't awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but let's imagine uh, that I, I just couldn't actually say. There was two... A really odd one. Earlier this year, there was a plane turn back because two people were caught sneaking into business class and I thought do you honestly turn a plane round for that? Don't you just yeah, reprimand them? It, it's, yeah. it smacks of, um, of of mum going 
Well, well, if you're going to misbehave, <laughs> okay, then you're going to ruin it for everyone, aren't you? Do you think? They, <laughs> do you think the pilot leaned behind him and started slapping them in their <laughs> in their seat? Stop it! Stop yeah, it! I'm God, warning you two. We'll turn round. <laughs> Absolute radio. So, Chloe, uh, you're tall. Mm. <laughs> Go on. Uh, I understand that I'm leading you into something here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you're going to get to it with the way you've started. Okay. Uh, so, when you go to a gig, how does that affect things? <laughs> this is Des O'Connor. Uh, My gosh. In, when yeah. you did the Des O'Connor show, you'd go on and say what material you wanted to do, and then you had to write the questions for him to take you to that material. Oh, that's good. Yeah. D- don't pretend like that's not not what what's happened today, Frank. <laughs> no, okay, yes. Yeah. So you'd meet with two guys, you'd tell them what you wanted to do, work out the questions. Then they'd, they, they would then do the interview with them being Des, and I'd be me doing my jokes yeah they would then send that cassette over um when when the driver picked des up they would drive in with that plane so he heard the interview and then when you were actually interviewed there's an enormous idiot board behind with the questions and my answers on um belt and braces Des O'Connor, but he's very good, very good at it. He still really laughed heartily at the things he'd heard and read. He sounds like an absolute <laughs> pro. He was a massive pro. Respect to Mundo. So come on, spit it out, Claire. Okay, so I went to a gig this week. How well, tall are you just because it's radio? Six foot. Okay. So I'm tall, but if I'm tall for a woman, I'm not like extremely tall you're tall for a ma- man really I'm five ten and a half I dream of six foot I'm tall but it's not like ludicrous like I was oh, there that's no, not bad tall I was at I was at the gig with a six foot threeer and I think he was struggling so so basically we went to see how tall couple- are you Al I'm just giving every everyone's given their heights you must well, be over doing six stats, I'm, I'm about six two six three there you it, go it, but um, still good tall and waist, yeah. waist size out. Um, uh, 34, I think. <laughs> mm, not bad. Um, but so, so we went to see a band called Wet Leg. Oh, yes. Great. Me, me and a couple of friends. Very hot at the moment. Really? I don't mean that wasn't any. It wasn't a urination joke. I mean, Wet Leg are very hot. hot. Leg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they are. They're Before everywhere. Four Wet Nights like that. But, but me and my sort of six foot three friend had a bit of that. So, so we, we got our space in the crowd and then we went to get beers and we left, pe- we left shorter people in the middle and then we sort of had to wade our way back through mm. to our friends and uh. then we stood in front of some short people and I sort of yeah. felt a bit conflicted because I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm sort of adversely... Ruining their night. Ruining yeah. their night. So then what yeah. I did is I thought, do you know what? I'm going to get... I'm going to get the rest of the crowd around me on side by letting these short people in front of me to show that I'm sort of a bit philanthropic. Like a a school photo. Like a school photo. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then what you have to remember is there were short people behind them, so I could have just kept going. Until you hit the wall. (laughs) Until I hit the wall, As they say in marathon, the marathon world. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they base it on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Polite tall people, that's where that (laughs) phrase came from, hitting the wall. But do you think there's a world in which at gigs you should sort of go in in height order and then we sort of stagger it that well that i believe is how rake seating was invented <laughs> yeah. they saw people standing in order of height and thought we could simulate this let's let's monetize yeah that. we could ramp this mm-hmm. and that, yeah um i think that'd be a great idea but i don't find that level of con- maybe the wet leg crowd are a bit more caring than the, the bands i yeah, go to wokies. see but um I think if you said to someone, excuse me, I think you're a bit taller than me, can you go behind me, that would, you, you could end up in uh, what I believe they used to call fisticuffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of fisticuffs. Yeah. yeah. But, and it would be difficult if you sort of tried to do a mosh pit in high order as well, sort of yeah. keep a bit of order to the mosh pit. Yeah. I, um, I, I interviewed um, Richard Osman once, and um, I said to him, if you were, like at Lords, they have a meeting point where if you're meeting someone, I think you could say, well, I'll meet you at Richard Osman's going. <laughs> I'll meet you at Richard oh. Osman because you can see him from everywhere in the room. Yeah. And so it's like the clock, you know, in Grand Central Terminal. You just, <laughs> you just stick close to him and they'll, and they'll uh, find you. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. 
Now, we get occasionally people send pictures of their children into the show in, in comical uh, situations. There's a guy, I think, was it Adam Edwards? Adam Edwards. Who really has, he's, he's, um, he's outdone them all with a picture of his um, daughter. I, I don't know how old she is, I'm going to guess about eight. And she's holding up a giant, um, I can only call it a beef chop. I think <laughs> yeah. for all the talk from butchers, uh, for, from gourmets who have texted in this morning. We have um, gourmets? Yeah, know that. yeah, we had some, we had some good, we had um, a great white hunter um, texting. <laughs> but this, so often one gets true truth from the lips of babes, as they say. I yeah. mean, babes, as in children. I've had to, we, we need to update that old saying <laughs> um, and she's just holding up a massive beef chop and it's a great it's she a great looks really picture. happy with she her does. beef chop it's so it, the beef chop is so big that you can't get a sense of perspective like she could be 17 and we were sort of <laughs> yes no but the, the beef chop is as big as her head it's yeah she could be an action figure and that could be a lamb chop yeah yeah but yeah. the great thing is is she's wearing what i think is a leopard print top so it, it really gives the feeling of the wild cat who's um who's she's devouring gone out yeah she's gone out hunting she's got a bit of a flintstones vibe <laughs> yeah. exactly i it's exactly that i tell you what though it could be yeah, it could be pebbles um i <laughs> it, remember she was the flintstone daughter yes yeah. bone in the hair bone in the hair yeah so she's going to eat her chop and then she's going to pop her bone in bone yeah. in her hair yeah. that's what so um, I that's a nice noise <laughs> a thing okay? that a thing that I struggle with just slightly is if anyone's wearing an animal print thing I'm getting less and less good at identifying the wildcat so I oh. looked at that and I thought I had leopard cheetah Puma, they were all dancing around my head, and it's like I spin it like the Wheel of Fortune, and whichever, whichever wild cat it lands on, I say, "Oh yeah, I like that leopard print." But I'm going to have to swat up. I'm going to have to um, revise my wild cats. Uh, what an interesting aspect of aging that you yeah. lose your <laughs> faculties to to identify a wild cat. Yeah, tiger, uh, I'm all right with. I don't you think you ever lose tiger. <laughs> But the others, um, I'm really not. Maybe that should be the new test, like, for, you know, old people you're a bit worried about their memory. Don't yeah. ask them, Prime Minister of the day, say, what wildcat's that? Yeah, show some old Julie Goodyear videos. And say, <laughs> what, what would you say? What animal would you say that was based on? I laughed. I didn't get the reference, Frank, but I think Sorry. it was lovely. So there was a woman in Coronation Street who famously wore leopard print. Oh, okay, Beth right, Lynch. right, right. Yeah, there was we go. the character. She was... Uh, now I know that. Friend, that is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that was at an age where I, I never, ever missed Coronation Street. It was so brilliant, I must say. Um, so, yeah, but I'll tell you something. Speaking of un, unexpected ageing things, this is a thing I really... This is a tragic thing. I've gone off fish and chips. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I've had fish and chips a couple of times just slightly, and I thought, no. Oh, where is where is, is the, the, the the zing of yesteryear? Do you pull off I'm the batter and just this. eat the white fish? I feel like I've that's never done that. No. I've I have pulled off the batter and just ate the batter. <laughs> <laughs> I always see the fish as something that's just there to hold the a, batter a vessel together for the batter. Exactly, a craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really because I've I would have said in you know in Q and A's and I have done um, that fish and chips is my favourite. Meal, and I've just I've just gone off it. Can Could you imagine? Really Could it be overexposure though? Or? Well, I don't I don't have it that often. I just had a couple just lately, and it's oh. really really makes me feel sad. I mean, it's quite a loss. What a sorry day. I could try dice, I suppose. I think you can oh. get dice, can't you? It's a fish, guys. Why are you looking at me no, like that? I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that's an old-fashioned thing. I've it's lost a creature. My to recognise certain fish. <laughs> yeah, if it was, it's not like a prehistoric one, though. It's still around, you know. Everyone's going to be up. Like, Poor Frank Skinner. He's he's off his fish and chips, and he doesn't know his puma from his leopard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His dice are numbered. <laughs> oh. Yeah. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Uh, oh, by the way, um, some of you will know that I was um, 
There's an ongoing thing with a comic book called Pogs in Space. Um, I, I was sent the second edition last week after a 12-month delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week I've been sent a, a cavalcade of um, merch, T-shirts, a car sticker. I mean, I haven't actually put a sticker on a car. For a, I've got a, you know, I got this car about what was it, seven or eight months ago. It, it is completely stickerless, so maybe this. It's is, a Rolls Royce Phantom as well, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it would be an unusual car sticker to have. Yeah, maybe. exactly. My other cars are Porsche. <laughs> would that be? Is that better or worse? My yeah, other car, worse, sadly. It's a Porsche. That'd, that'd be very good if you had a Porsche and my other car's a Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah, oh, I've no. seen one on a Porsche. My other car's a Porsche. Like someone's got more than That's good. one. But anyway, I went to the cinema on Thursday. Uh, it was the opening night of Doctor Strange and mm. the Multiverse of Madness. And I'm a big Strange that? fan um, from mm-hmm. the old days when he was just a comic book. Uh, my son, actually, I, I think I, my, I mentioned, was reading his entry in the Marvel Encyclopedia. And it says, do you know that when he, he said, when he goes into temples, his hair goes grey? Does he? I'm sure I've seen him in temples. <laughs> and he'd read greying at the temples and just, he didn't oh. know what temples were, you know, as part oh. of the head. Um, and I, nice. I, I'm wondering if the word temple for side of the head has died out a bit. Don't hear it much. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I hadn't noticed, but maybe that's the answer in and of itself. I I haven't heard the word temples for a while. That's confirming your theory. Yeah, you know the old playful bullying thing of holding someone in an arm lock and rubbing your knuckle into their temple. Well, that's that's, that's gone. But we call that a noogie. What would you have called oh, it? A noogie? No, we didn't have a name for it. Whereas you went quite a ver- verbose description of what you were doing. We just go, I'm giving him a noogie. Yeah, I've never heard that. Vin- noogie would be some variation of knuckle like, or something. Hmm. Knuckles on head or something like um, oh, Yeah, Oh, this is going to take some passing. Te- text in. You know, <laughs> what do you call that form of bullying when you squeeze <laughs> your knuckle into someone's um, head-clamped temple? <laughs> What would you call what would yeah. you call the temples if you didn't call them the temples? I'd call them the side panels. <laughs> Which would well, you yeah. Graying at the side panels. I yes. I yeah. feel on my Frank is head. a robot, we should have explained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel they're the weakest part of my head, probably the temple. Are they? Yeah. It might have been weakened right. by years so, of nogging. Was it nogging? Nogging, sorry. <laughs> but that's I've good. I've mine quite hard. You shouldn't let on, Frank. People know it's your uh, Achilles heels. Oh, that's true. Get them mm. in the temples. That's true. Side panels, I apologise. Yeah, there is a... Um, <laughs> there's a archer assassin that waits for me outside the radio station sometimes and most of his mm. um, arrows have gone harmlessly into my torso but now <laughs> now he knows where to go now I've spilt the anatomical beans <laughs> uh, it's going to be it's going to be hell out there What's it? What? Speaking of people I love, I'm a big Elvis Presley fan, Chloe. You look alarmed. And <laughs> Sorry, I saw, who's that? I saw, <laughs> I saw a trailer for the new Baz Luhrmann Elvis Presley film. Hmm. It might be the worst trailer for a film I've ever <laughs> My seen. My gosh. And I'm a massive really? Elvis fan, and I thought I'm definitely going to see that. And I still, I'm, I still will see it, but I, it looked like a a bad night on Stars in the Rice. <laughs> when, can I just ask, Frank, when you say you're a massive Elvis fan, you mean that you're a, a huge fan of Elvis? You don't mean you only liked his massive years? No, <laughs> although I, like, I liked his massive years as well, more than yeah. most. I like, uh, I like an on-stage karate demonstration mid-gig. Me too. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was your era, Al. They were my favourite Elvis years. <laughs> but really... It can't be as bad as the trailer. But I, I do think that we have a tendency at the moment for, because of the way films need to sell themselves, trailers 
give so much away and they're so like high production and so good that maybe Baz Luhrmann's gone the other direction and gone, yeah. I'm going to make the trailer rubbish and the film absolutely bang it. Although I would say I think Baz Luhrmann has given too much away. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, no one will go. But we kind of, we do oh. know the story of Elvis. Yes, so. that, that is true. They had, a, they had a trailer for the new Downton Abbey film and it had clips from the film, but it, mainly it was the actors on a red carpet talking about what a brilliant film it was. They've started doing that now and I don't I like thought, it. I thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's weird. Lost a bit of faith in the material. <laughs> Who's playing Elvis, <laughs> Elvis Frank? Well, Elvis is someone I've never heard of. Right. Before, right? Um, I Matthew Kelly. His name is no, it isn't. <laughs> um, no, it, and also it looks like someone has been made up to look like Elf. I, I mean, I could, I might see, if I see it and it's good. Believe me, I will be on this show, Chain. But on the strength of the trailer, it's the worst film that's ever been made. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's that. Now, uh, one thing I do not want this show to end without um, mentioning is, as I say, I saw um, Chloe Petz on Wednesday night for the first time. Here she is on the radio show. We spoke for about four minutes after the show. so it was... Three of them was my mum insulting you. Exactly. <laughs> and then I had a photo with your mum. There was a lovely bit where I was going to say how good you were with a swear word in it and I put my hands over your mum's ears and she thought I was embracing her oh. and warm to it. It was a great moment. <laughs> if you hadn't been there, that's all I'm saying. Uh, and you your dad, obviously. Well, um, dad, dad probably would have given you the go well, it would have been fan of you from the 90s. It would have been a, like a Mussolini-style kiss, you know. It would have been... Uh, I wouldn't have been like a passion. I'm on about affection. <laughs> Any road up. Um, so, so Chloe was um, great, and um, and she's on tour. So over to you, Chloe. You get this is plug, now plug listen, time. I'd love for you to come and see me on tour. My show is called Transience. Um, I'll explain all about that. Um, I start. Well, finish at the Soho Theatre this evening. It is sold out. Apologies for that. But then 14th of May, if you're in Bath, that's my first official tour. It's actually the next time I'm in a bath. It is. 14th of May, it's on my, on my yes. calendar. Works on a very <laughs> scheduled hygiene system, just break. <laughs> Um, well, when will it be the next time you're in Leicester? Because for me, it will be the Sunday, the 22nd of May. You're not going to do a Steve yeah, right in the I'm afternoon. I'm going to do every single one, Frank. Every day. Lock in. No. Um, I'm She's on tour from mid-May. And, and if you look, go on the internet and look up Chloe Petz with a double T. Yeah. You'll lovely. see that. Thank you so much for doing the show today. As they used to say in ancient Rome, mucho appreciatum. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. And just before we Was we that go, a pun? Uh, yeah. yeah? I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 732 has said, Morning, Frank and Associates. Uh, and this is in regards to the George Merriweather chat and the leeches earlier. Um, it seems I've all, always misheard your customary sign-off as if, as if the creeks don't rise, when in fact it's if the leeches don't rise. It all makes sense now. That That's would make sense, of course, because if the leeches rise, there is going to be a storm. There we okay. go. I'm going to get a Tempest prognosticator. <laughs> I think there's still time. <laughs> There's still time. They'll have one in uh, TK Maxx. <laughs> okay, so look, um, so thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Al, but, you know, I've, I'm fed, fed up of thanking you. <laughs> um, thank you so much um, for listening to us this morning. And if the creeks or leeches uh, don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.